I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 177, my review of The Nevers, part one. Well, The Nevers last week concluded its first six episodes on HBO. That amounts to the first part of this new series. That's Josh Whedon's total contribution. He left the series after those first six episodes were concluded. And I reviewed each of those six episodes, so I thought I'd share those reviews with you here. The reviews were originally done on my blog. You'll find links to those written reviews in the show notes to this episode of Light On, Light Through. So let's begin with uh, episode 1.1 of The Nevers, which I cleverly entitled, that is my review, Never Say Never. And you know, I wasn't going to watch The Nevers. I'd pretty much given up on superpowers on television after Heroes. On the other hand, how can you resist 1890s London, the prime of Victorian times, the birth of the time machine on the cusp of the 20th century? Well, I couldn't resist, and I'm glad of that. Or, as Lord Masson says, halfway at this point between villain and defender of tradition, this is a time which hosts Quote, the first generation accustomed to the impossible. Unquote. That's a great quote, I thought. Now, Masson is right about that, but not about upholding English wording such as, quote, the employed, unquote, over the French, quote, employees, unquote. As Amalia True, Laura Donnelly, a.k.a. Jenny Frazier of Outlander, aptly instructs Masson, the French has the advantage of easily describing a single employee or multiple employees. And that's clearly true, as is Amalia True, that's her last name, being clearly good and an intriguing character, not only because of her linguistic skills, but her ability to see slightly into the future. Like I said, Those late 1890s were a time of time travel, and the Nevers looked like it might mind that and many other wonders. Some of these are already embodied in the marvelous contraptions we see in the first episodes, like a sleek, cool, late Victorian automobile, which makes an appearance at the beginning of the show and a gossamer flying machine which can bring back the dead or at very least the drowned which makes an appearance at the end of the episode which come to think of it is consistent with reversing death and promises lots of life in this series set to run on hbo in two six episode segments so i'm reviewing the first of those six episode segments for you right now Now the scenery was fetching, the accents delightful, and the acting top-notch. It was especially good to see Anne Skelly from Red Rock, 
as Penance Adair with the power to see electrical patterns, and Ben Chaplin from Press, that was a great little miniseries, as Detective Frank Mundy. It's hard to beat those superpowers, but those late 19th century detectives on both sides of the Atlantic had an impressive gruffness all their own. So, never say never. Episode 2, 1.2, I entitled my review of that, Song and Gun. Now, here's what I like most about that episode. The focus on the power, or quote, turn, unquote, of Mary, who is a singer whose voice can bring together all who are touched. I really like this because, you know, if you think about it, Music in our own untouched world has its own power to bring people together in concerts, protests, all kinds of spiritual gatherings, which should soon be resuming as we all get vaccinated and move beyond this COVID age. Music is a magic that's available on both sides of the television screen. I also think that Eleanor Tomlinson is just right in the role of Mary. She was perfect as Demelza in the reboot of Poldark. Yep, I do sometimes watch these series on Masterpiece Theater on PBS, and she was great as Demelza. But here's what I like least. Amalia shooting herself as a strategy and accidentally hitting a, quote, vital, unquote, organ. Now, there are all kinds of things wrong with that. First of all, I think shooting yourself anywhere is a very dangerous strategy. But it makes no sense that Amalia, even in that very hectic situation, would accidentally shoot herself in a vital organ. Now, Dr. Cousins helpfully informs everyone, including us, that Amalia will have a full recovery, but... We still don't know what vital organ was hit. That is, we didn't know as of episode two and whether there would be any residual consequences despite what the good Dr. Cousins said. Anyway, most of the other interludes and developments move the narrative along in helpful ways. We now know more about the implacable villainy of Lord Masson. And I'm looking forward to the irrepressible Hugo standing up to him even more. Augustus walking away from penance was disappointing and, if you ask me, crazy. But I'm sure we'll see the two of them back together. Let's get to episode 1.3, which I entitled my review of Mary's Melody. And I thought that was a really powerful, touching, terribly beautiful and instructive episode of The Nevers. I was thinking, as Mary was singing in the park, her voice amplified by some kind of Edison-like loudspeaker with possibly some dollop of superpower worked in, that if only the touched can hear Mary sing, and we in the audience on the other side of the television screen can also hear her, well then, maybe the Nevers is telling us that all of us are touched in some way, too. Well, that's certainly true. I don't know if it's true in the sense that the word touched is used in the Nevers. It was a lovely thought, until bullets tore it apart in that episode. 
And there's a trenchant lesson in there for us, too. In that episode, the monster with the eaten away and maybe also electronic head is easily disposed of. And Amaya, after a pretty fierce battle in the water with the big, bald, chain-wielding guy, manages to put him out of his homicidal misery, too. But not so the horrible bullets that end Mary and her song. And isn't that a lot like our own 21st century real-time, when bullets are daily doing so much horrendous damage fired both by police and civilians? with hate in their heart, and we seem to be unable to stop it. Monday is not able to stop this assassin, and there will no doubt be more deaths in this series, just as there are in our own world. Dr. Cousins has incredible healing powers, which we saw again in this episode, but he can't bring back the dead, at least as far as we know. That's a line which no one who has crossed can come back from, not here or in the special, wondrous Victorian world in which the nevers takes place. But we still have Mary's song, and I like to believe that where there's song, there's hope, and maybe in our world as well as theirs. Let's go to episode 1.4 of The Nevers, and I entitled my review of that, Who Needs to Be Found? So, who was Mary singing about? Who needs to be found in the darkness as the translation of Mary's last song, her interrupted song, calls out for, I'll hazard a guess and say it's malady. I think there's goodness buried inside her depravity or darkness, and that's what Mary was singing about needing to be found. But that raises another crucial question. Are the turns inherently good, unless something happens to their possessors to turn the turns into vehicles of evil? This notion of superpower, which is basically good, unless and until perverted, is fundamental to science fantasy. In effect, the force in Star Wars, which is futuristic outer space science fantasy, is an example of a single turn used in multiple ways that span good to evil. And actually, the deepest, most incorrigible evils in the Nevers seem to reside in the turnless, soulless humans who want to stamp out those who have turns. Indeed, the only really good turnless human I can think of is Mundy, and I'm expecting he may have some kind of hidden turn, too, that perhaps he's unaware of. Okay, I guess Hugo is good and turnless too, but so far he's been a largely inconsequential character whose main job is to provide non-magical charm and a little comic relief. To get back to the initial question, though, the other possible person that Mary could have been singing of, waiting to be found in the darkness, could be someone who is blind. Now, I can't think of any major character offhand who fits that description, but Malady did leave a message. Quote, look to heaven, lest you blind God. Unquote. The Nevers 1.5, I entitled that with a quote 
from malady, quote, mindful of the roses, unquote. There were all kinds of good lines in that episode 1.5, but my favorite was Malady's Mindful of the Roses. Maybe that's because it reminded me of that great haunting song by the Janettes, a one-hit wonder group from the Bronx. They had a hit record just a few months before the Beatles arrived in America. Sally go round the roses. Yeah, that's a great song. You'll find a link to that song on Spotify in the show notes to this episode. That song not only transcends time, but has lyrics as recondite as the storyline of the Nevers. And back to that, let me say I'm against capital punishment, so I was very glad to see Malady out with the rope. I'd have felt the same way even if Malady deserved it, but I don't think she does. At the same time, I would have been happy without anyone dying, but then again, that would have been a different show. Detective Mundy figured it out. He's the smartest, presumably untouched, human. The other significant element in episode 1.5 is the galante, or galanthi, or however it's pronounced. I don't even know how it's spelled exactly. It sounds like galant, but it's more than that. I'm not even sure it is galant, but it may explain the touched, how they came to be, why they're in London, who knows. That would be very welcome and a very big deal. Amaya wants to focus on the galanty and not rescue Malady. Hey, that rhymes. That might have been wise, but certainly not gallant, not gallant either. Did Amaya know that Malady had made the switch? Probably not. But you never know with these usually gallant women. I was glad to see that a majority of them joined Penance, not Amaya, on whether to rescue Malady. That was a gallant indeed. Now I'll review for you the final episode of part one in a minute. That's a big deal too, since as I mentioned, Josh Whedon won't be back for the second part, which apparently hasn't even started filming yet. That apparently was due to the pandemic, Whedon's leaving, which in a sense looms over this series, that is the pandemic and Whedon's leaving even though it takes place in late Victorian times. There are two world wars and two pandemics ahead of that Victorian time. Would have been good had the touch been real and somehow been able to stop at least some of that future. And episode 1.6 of The Nevers I entitled Sporific Terrific. And I really enjoyed that episode 1.6. My only regret is that I won't be able to see 1.7 anytime soon because 1.6 was the finale of the first part of the first season and who knows when the second half will be here. And not to be too clever about that, but isn't that not knowing what's up or down or in between for that matter the essence of what The Nevers has been about? and what this last episode of the first part was supposed to answer, which, of course, it didn't, certainly not completely, but maybe it did at least a little. Yeah, I think so. Let's see. The Galanthi are an alien species in the future, possibly one being with many faces, 
or facets, but more likely just an alien species. And they come to Earth and endow some humans via spores. See, that's where I got my sporific in the title. They come to Earth and endow some humans via spores with the magical powers we've been seeing in the first five episodes. I especially like the spores as the vectors of superpower because I saw a review of the Never somewhere and it said the series was soporific, as in putting you to sleep. And you know, I didn't agree with that at all. And spores as the vehicle are a good way of answering that sophomoric, soporific critique. Hey, have some tea or coffee if the Nevers is putting you to sleep. But how far in the future is this? It's hard to say, but the fighting had a World War I plus high-tech feel to it. The war that ended the Victorian Edwardian age in our world, and that age is where the action up until tonight had been taking place, that is in the late Victorian Edwardian age. In episode 6, we meet Molly, who is really Amalia, not Amelia, somewhere around there, and also someone who I think is Malady, who I still think is somehow on the side of the good, despite the apparent evidence to the contrary. My favorite scene in that amorphous future, stretching back to the, quote, present, unquote, Victorian age, which is really a prologue to the five episodes that have been on so far is how Amalia comes to meet Dr. Cousins. You know, they're a good couple. The doc takes good care of both her body and her soul. What remains to be seen in the real future of this first season, that is the episodes to come, not the futurist prologue, is what will happen now to our band of the touched. Well, back to Josh Whedon. He's left the series, as I'm now telling you, for the third time. So we may never know what he intended to do with the Nevers or might have come up with whatever his intentions on the day he left. But I'll be back when the new episodes hit, and I'll let you know what I think. And in the meantime, my compliments to Josh Whedon for succeeding with a very difficult combination of Victorian superpowers and aliens in the future. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that review of the Nevers, and I'll certainly be back here next Saturday with a review of another science fiction series or a movie, or maybe a mystery series or a movie, who knows. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, and enjoy. AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. 
You can find out more about the plot to save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries.